Steve and Justin use YCharts for their winning investment research. So start your free trial now. And if you purchase, mention InvestTalk and get a generous discount at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, investors, and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our Thursday, March 28th, 2019 edition of Invest Talk. I can't believe it. Tomorrow is the end of the first quarter of trading. Tomorrow. Monday is April 1st, April Fool's Day, and I'm Justin Klein, and I thank you for joining me today, and I hope you will also call me with your investing-related questions. There's obviously no requirement that you call, but your participation always helps make the show much, much better. So get your call in sooner rather than later, and a lot of people try to wait till the end typically, try to do it sooner rather than later so we can fill up the show with uh, a lot of different calls and a lot of different topics that uh, are important to you. Now our goal each and every day is to help you take one more step to your own financial freedom, your own version of what financial freedom is. And we do this with a philosophy of independent thinking. You don't think like the CNBC, right? So independent thinking and shared success. And today in this hour, I'm going to do my best to help you forge your own path one step at a time. And along the way, I hope you will participate once again with your calls. Our anytime listener line is open now, and I'm taking your calls live at 888-99-CHART. That's 888-992-4278. Let's take a look at the market news today. Fourth quarter, GDP growth, 2.2%. Downgraded slightly from where it was projected before. And the final revision here. And it looks like, as we expected... The economy decelerated into the end of last year. And it looks to continue to decelerate in the first quarter. I think the average GDP now uh, figure, GDP estimate for the first quarter is about 1.5%. Continues slow in the domestic economy as well as the global economy. Now, are you a Facebook investor? The Department of Urban Housing and Urban Development charges its Facebook basically saying they're serving up ads that violate the Fair Housing Act. Just another controversy around Facebook and a company that just doesn't seem to want to comply with privacy rules and the, the laws that govern advertising. You know, advertising company, that's what they do. That's their main revenue driver, right? So... If they're having issues with ads that they're serving, and they're serving the bad ads, uh, illegal ads, that's a big issue. So once again, I'm not a big fan of Facebook stock, or really the platform, and I think Instagram's the only thing saving that company at the current time. Now, what do these well-known brands have in common? Tommy Hilfiger, Gap, Ralph Lauren, Lord and & Taylor, Cal- and Calvin Klein. Obviously, they all sell clothes, but they're also all closing their flagship Fifth Avenue stores in New York City. Rent is obviously very, very high for those locations, but it's just another kind of shot across the bow for brick-and-mortar retail. 
and another another casualty of Amazon is Fifth Avenue. Now, Lyft is going public tomorrow, and if you listen to the show for any length of time, typically we don't love IPOs, especially IPOs that tend to be well-touted, talked about a lot in the media. And the reason is because typically those companies are selling their stock at valuations that are very, very high, overinflated, right? Because think about it. If you were an insider and you were... You, you put your blood, sweat, and tears into building a particular company into a level where it could go IPO, are you going to sell at a nice advantageous price to the average person who can just sit back and reap the, the rewards of your success? Probably not. You're going to want to capture as much upside as you possibly can for all that work. And therefore, it's up to the investment bank to not only sell those insiders on the IPO and the valuation that they can get, but also these banks are going to come out and really tout up how great the company is and what the future looks like, well, even, even though the current environment or current uh, performance of the company might not look so great. Lyft is a perfect example. They're losing $900 million per year. Now, some of that could be accounting, etc., but overall, they're, they're not a profitable business, and they're expected to have a valuation of $20 billion. So in general, the way I like to approach IPOs is I avoid them for at least the first year. Typically, what happens is the lockup period comes off of them, and then the insider who they sold some initially and then as time goes on, a lot of employees, they can eventually sell the position or people who bought the IPO originally, right? So a lot of times IPO might, for example, let's use Lyft as an example. You might buy at a $20 billion valuation and it rallies for the next year because the, the, the float is limited. There's not a lot of shares out there. But slowly... The lock up here, and those people who bought up 20, 30, 40, 50% because the stock had rallied in the near term, and they start to sell. And then you have a flood of supply of shares onto the market. And that often creates IPOs that go bust. And then, you know, the valuation might go from 20 billion or 30 billion down to 10 or 5, something that's a little more reasonable, uh, you know, when it comes to the company and its performance. So that's what I'm kind of what I expect in general for IPOs. Every IPO is a little bit different, but uh, I definitely wouldn't be excited about Lyft with the losses that they have. Now let's go to a caller real quick. We're going to go to Carl, Carl in, in Philadelphia. He's looking at FINX. How are you, Justin? Uh, okay, so I know oh, yeah. how you feel, Justin. Yeah, go for it. Okay, hi. Listen, I know how you feel about technology. Okay, so you're going to love this. But what about the financial subsector of technology? You know, the companies that automatic, you know, with automatic payments. And this is um, this ETF is one of those. It's uh, symbol uh, Frank Island Nancy X-ray. Okay. Looking to buy it. So this is, is the fintech ETF. 
ETF, basically. The top holdings are companies like Intuit, PayPal, uh, which we actually use one of their uh, software for our clients uh, called Black Diamond, uh, which we like that company. Uh, Square, SQ, Fidelity, Information Services, First Data, and so it, it's kind of a limited space. It seems, I, I, when I think of fintech, I think of more of robo-advisors, right? Is that what you're thinking? Uh, no, no, just as as an exchange traded fund to 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 purchase. Yeah. Well. Well, I'm thinking of, of of I'm asking the question more about your ideology around picking this ETF. It's the Global X FinTech ETF. So what kind of tailwind are you trying to ride with this name? Because I thought more and more people are using payments this way. Like it's a new mm -hmm. wave, kind of. Maybe not, but mm -hmm. that's what I was thinking. Is this something, as a subsector of technology, how do you feel about it? Well, I do think that there is, that there will continue to be more ways to pay online with your phone. Just look at uh, the Apple Card, which is uh, coming out this summer, uh, and I'm going to talk about it a little bit more later in the show. Uh, but I do think it will continue perpetually perpetuate the continuation of more payments going online and less cash being used. I, uh, but I, I think we're uh, through a lot of that. Um, and a lot of the names within this and within the space are extremely overvalued. You know, the names like, like Square doesn't mean they're bad companies, but you need to have definitely a long-term time horizon. Now, if you're looking at the chart, I'll, I'll pull that up uh, on our YouTube live stream if you want to take a look at that. Uh, it's, it's rallied with the overall market, but once again, it's not at the highs. This uh, peaked out around $29.30 back in late September. And it really hasn't hasn't gotten back there uh, anywhere close, and so, so it's not really outperforming the overall market. I can actually do a quick uh, ratio here just to see how well uh, it performed in correctly, but it doesn't seem to like it wants to. There we go. Um, actually, it's not doing too bad technically. I don't I don't hate it. Uh, um, you know, I'm kind of lukewarm on it just because the sector as a whole is overhyped. You know, anything that's robotics or cloud computing, it's gonna be a, you're going to need a very long time horizon because the the volatility here is going to be much higher than average. Are you are you okay with that? Oh, I see. Okay, all right, good good answer. Okay, well, listen, thank you, I appreciate it. Thanks for the call, Carl. That was F I N X. That was the Global X. FinTech ETF. FinTech ETF. I like it, but you got to have a long, long-term time horizon and understand there's going to be a lot of volatility. Now, you're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and I've got a save-the-date reminder for you. Steve Peasley and I, or Steve Peasley, will be returning to San Jose, California on March 1st. So if you live anywhere in the Northern California region, I encourage you to sit down with Steve for a no-cost portfolio review consultation. Space is limited, and you can sign up right now at investtalk.com. Once again, that's Wednesday, May 1st. And now I'm taking your questions live at 888 chart It's a fast-moving Invest Talk, and Justin Klein is here today for Steve Peasley. 
We are in the last trading week of March, and you still need unbiased investing guidance because it can help you achieve financial freedom. So, Justin is taking your calls live. Step up with your questions, 888-99-CHART. Let's go in Fremont, Palladium ETF, correct? Yes. Okay. So the Palladium ETF, this is a P-A-L-L, -L is a symbol, and are you thinking there is a opportunity here, hopefully $153 a share down to $126 in the span of a week? Yes, I was looking at it as an opportunity because it has been performing very well for the last 12 months. It did not take a dip like everybody else in December, so it's been pretty steady, mm -hmm. but this recent dip Mm -hmm. brings about an opportunity, I was thinking. Uh, well, well, that certainly is a possibility, but if I'm looking at the chart and there's something, you, you if you look at the chart long enough, you'll know, after a long opportunity, KLL is started uh, off 2016 right around 45, 50, $45 to $50 a share, and once again, just last week, it was trading for $150 a share. So it was up uh, threefold from that, that figure. And you've had a massive sell-off on large volume, huge volume, into what is called the 2.5 retrace on, on the FIBS. So uh, actually, I, I did a lesson on Fibonacci in Invest Talk Academy this week. And it is near some short-term support from a, a we, on a weekly basis. But when you have a high, what we call a high-volume reversal bar, from a high, that tells me it wants to go lower. So now, does it have to go lower right away? No, I think this could get a short-term bounce, like I said, because it is near some support. But odds are much higher that it will have a continuation to the downside as opposed to a resumption of this up move just because of the magnitude and the volume that this move has had. So I would absolutely be staying away from Palladium at this time. Thanks for the call. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. Yes, we are aware of the recent audio breakup. We had to use a setup. Uh, we, we had some issues, there, and we're working on getting new equipment installed uh, tomorrow. My setup seems pretty good, but Steve's was uh, was having some issues. So, please hang in there for a few more days. Steve will be back on Tuesday. Hopefully, we'll have those issues ironed out. But now, I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where they implement a very practical investing philosophy, independent thinking, shared success. Learn more anytime at investtalk.com. And now Justin's here taking your calls, so step up with your questions, 888-99-CHART. Eight 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 ninety nine chart eight eight nine nine two four two seven eight. I know we were having. I guess we were having some technical uh, difficulties uh, just a few minutes ago. Uh, we reset our systems over at our studio, so hopefully uh, we're good to go for the rest of the show. So we are working on the audio issues, but let's go to Brandon in Mill Valley. He's looking at CVS. Uh, hi Justin, how you doing? Uh, 
I just wondered what you thought about CVS uh, now that uh, this buyout with Centene and uh, well, WellPoint Healthcare is going to affect their business. I uh, don't like it. <laughs> I, I'm not a fan of, of CVS. Uh, I think uh, it, it, it's in two businesses and now three businesses, frankly, that are all under fire. Uh, you have a retail business that is under fire from online sales. You have a pharmacy business that is under fire regulation around uh, drug prices. And now you have an insurance business that is under fire from trying to get rid of Obamacare. So I don't like it at all. Okay. How's that? Alrighty. I think well, it's a value that, trap that, that in every answer, sense of the word. I think that answers my question. <laughs> well, thank right. you, Al. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Jose in San Francisco. He's looking at Google. Yeah, sorry. Thanks for you taking there, my call. Um, yeah. I'm interested in buying Google, but I I know they have a cloud over their heads over this regulation thing. Is it a good time to get in now, or should I wait for a pullback? Also, um, I noticed there's two ticker symbols for that. Uh, I would wait. Like, uh, I can one, uh... because, frankly, Hello? because we bought Google for clients, uh, in uh, we have in the past, but not since the split and share classes, uh, I haven't really looked into what the difference is, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, I understand Google as a business as a whole. It's an advertising model. Uh, it, it's a great advertising model. It's an advertising model that I really love. I love YouTube. I think YouTube's going to just continue to grow and be massive uh, within our world. And, and it, it's something I want to be a part of long term. So I like that you're looking at it. However, I do think there's a major regulation and data sharing and that could affect their advertising business and likely will. Uh, and there, there will be negative sentiment around that as well as a slowing economy where advertising tends to go down or advertising spending tends to go down. So I like that it's on your watch list, but it definitely wouldn't be owning it here. Let me give you a level. And once again, if you're on our YouTube live stream, you'll have a better sense of what this looks like. Uh, I'm going to go here. So 845, eight, yeah, 8.50, somewhere around there, that's the level that I would start getting excited about investing in Google. Uh, you know, In a deep recession, I think it could go, go below 700, um, but I, I don't see it going much beyond that. So I would continue to keep on your watch list and Buy it around that 845, 850 level. Thanks for the call. Now here's the subject of our main talking point today. Northern Trust warns a return of inflation could turn markets on their head. Now, history tells us that high inflation periods can be positive for value stocks, but less great for growth stocks, which is kind of what I've been saying for a little while. We're going to talk about this. I also have some other topics on my mind as well. One of those is the Apple card. I think... I actually signed up for, I think, I think I'll still sign up for Apple Card, but there's things you need to understand about it, just like any credit card that you might sign up for. And then also, healthcare politics. 
I just talked about this a little bit with CVS. There's a lot going on, and it's going to really change the industry. I think it's only inevitable. It, it, it's kind of reminds me a little bit of housing prices in the early 2000s. Remember, it was going up 20% a year, and everyone was happy about it, especially those that own homes. Well, it went up so fast that it divorced from fundamentals, and eventually the system broke when you have a small catalyst. And healthcare spending is very similar. And I think the actors within the healthcare industry, the drug companies, the health healthcare companies, they have been too greedy, and they've developed a system with the help of Obamacare, because whether you whether you like politics or no matter what side of politics you're on, whether you uh, are left or right or center or whatever it is, the Obamacare was mainly written by healthcare companies. So it has a change system that needs to be changed. I can't tell you, I'm not going to get political and tell you how it should be changed, but it should be changed some way. And that's going to hurt, hurt a lot of the companies with in the sector as a whole because they've been greedy and things need to change. So we're going to talk about that. And then lastly, it's something I didn't get to yesterday, hopefully I get to today, the promises of bringing money offshore, onshore, to spend within our economy by corporations because of the tax cut is something that just really hasn't come to fruition as much as hoped. It's happened a little bit, but not as much as hoped. I'm Justin Klein, and I thank you for making this program a part of your routine. See you I do our best to make it, it interesting and instructive for you each and every weekday. Whenever you have an investment question, I encourage you to explore our podcast library. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where principals and Invest Talk hosts Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are independent financial advisors. For clients, they are fiduciaries. Steve and Justin have a duty and a commitment to always place the interests of their clients ahead of the firm. This is different from the way many other organizations operate. And one way you can realize the benefit of an association with KPP Financial is to know that KPP practices parallel investing. This means that the personal investment accounts of KPP principals participate with client investments at equal prices and percentages. It's an important difference. You can learn more anytime at investtalk.com. At KPP Financial, we offer independent thinking with shared success. This is Invest Talk. Are you doing everything possible to make sure that your investments are performing as well as they should be? Well, there's a treasure trove of wealth-building information freely accessible right now at investtalk.com. You'll find investment strategies and unbiased guidance. The phone lines are open, Justin's here, and he's ready for your questions. Call 888-99-CHART. Eight 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 ninety nine chart eight eight nine nine two four two seven eight is how you get through and ask your question on today's show. We have twenty minutes left, so get your call in sooner rather than later. Now, our main talking point today is 
about what Northern Trust is warning about, and that is return to inflation, something that the market is not really prepared for. Uh, for such a long time now, it has been just assumed that if the economy is decelerating or shrinking, you're going to have falling inflation. And while for the most part that tends to be true, it isn't always true. Something called stagflation. Now, stagflation is typically thought of as a very bad word, and just like anything, it's about magnitude. How much stagflation is there in the economy? And stagflation is when the economy is slowing or declining, GDP, and inflation is rising. Okay, And I think what the market is not pricing in enough is that we're likely to see accelerating inflation, not out of control or anything like that. You know, we're in about 1.6, 1.7 right now. Uh, I think it'll probably accelerate closer to 2 to the end of the year, whereas the economy will con likely continue to decelerate to some degree. And this is a big factor when it comes to the bond market. And the reason that is is because Inflation is the biggest enemy to bond prices. Why? Because if you're going to invest in bonds, you want to earn at least as much as inflation, if not more. Right? You're trying to avoid the loss of purchasing power while still keeping your money relatively safe. So if inflation picks up, because maybe a weaker dollar hasn't come to fruition yet, but the momentum of the dollar index has certainly waned some, then you're likely to continue to see oil prices going up, commodity prices going up. You have a tight labor supply, right? Where working age population growth is going into an era or, or a, a, about a five to seven year period where it's going to be extremely low from a demographic standpoint, which means all these baby boomers retiring and not very many working age people graduating college and entering the workforce. So therefore, wage inflation is likely to stay more elevated than you would have normally expect from the level of economic activity or unemployment. That's why right now you're seeing wage inflation very near cycle highs. So this tends to be good for value stocks, not quite as good for growth stocks, which is not a shock. I don't think it should be a shock to anybody. So what can you do? Well, make sure that you have elevated levels of cash, high quality assets, risk controlled assets like bonds, and then bond proxies, utilities. REITs, and I even think energy. I like the energy space as well. Think of your big blue chip energy names. So don't assume that just because the economy is decelerating, that inflation will decel decelerate as well. So be on the lookout for that. Let's go to Chris in Walnut Creek. He's looking at B-A-R-Y, which is, let's see. I don't know what B-A-R-Y. What can I do for you, Chris? 
Hey, uh, Justin. Uh, I'm just uh, looking at Bayer. Um, it's been beaten down for the last year, I think, and uh, it's paid about 3% dividend. And what do you think about it? Another value trap. This is, they made, I think they make one of the worst, the worst acquisitions in corporate America history. And that is the acquisition of Monsanto and took on the liabilities of all of these lawsuits related to uh, the the chemicals and the the, the glyphosate and all this, Uh, these pesticides that they produce. And they're at the whims of these civil courts that are now just recently awarding large sums to people who say that glyphosate you know caused them health problems of various kinds so i think that bayer i think this is going to bankrupt bayer i think it was absolutely uh. terrible look at this i don't know when they bought it, it was in the last couple of years 2015 and it was a high in in the the mid to high the 40s or 30s now we're at fifteen dollars a share. This is yeah. a catastrophe. So absolutely, stay far, far, far away from Bayer. I think this will go down as one of the worst acquisitions in history. They will be taught at Harvard Business School for decades to come. This is horrible when it comes to management acquisition and a great example of why management is so important for a corporation in the long run. In the short run, economic cycle tends to play out. Uh, the, 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 the conditions within the industry tends to the business in one direction or another. But when you have poor management that makes a decision like this, where their market cap fell more than $60 billion since they bought Monsanto. It just shows you how vitally important smart, savvy leadership is for these large corporations. And I think Bayer's going to go bankrupt because of this. Now, it may take many years and many decisions by civil courts, but it's going bankrupt. And I, I, I don't see any way out of it. It's a terrible acquisition. So stay away from Bayer. Let's go to Ryan in Texas. He's looking at CLNE. Hey, Justin. Yeah, you I there? just want to get your thoughts on the uh, the technicals for CLNE. It looks like on the higher time frames, it kind of looks like it may be putting in the bottom. Yeah, uh, monthly looks pretty solid. You had a nice. Uh, oh, if you're looking on the the YouTube live stream, I'll I'll drag this over so everyone can see it. So you had a, a nice bullish reversal. Uh, what month was that? May of last year. Months or so, and it's starting to break up to the upside. It's hammering on that 50-month moving average which right now is at $3.36. Today we trade at, what, $3.80. So that, if you get above that, above that on a monthly basis, this could absolutely explode. Now, you could easily see another pullback, the high twos, and for a name that's trading at $3.18 a share, that's still a 20% pullback from current prices. So understand there's going to be a lot of volatility. Uh, let's look at the fundamentals. What, what besides the chart, are you liking about it? 
Uh, I haven't done too much research so far, but uh, the chart caught my eye, so just want to get your thoughts on that. Okay. Well, one thing I like is they have very minimal debt uh, for the size of the company. The mark kept $652 million. And their, their let's look at their cash from operations. Is it right? Going sideways. Let me take a quick look at that. Yeah, it's it's rising once again. I like I kind of like this theme. It's gonna, certainly high risk, high reward, but the chart is telling me good things. The fundamentals are showing me a good backdrop, and I would go for it if you understand. There's. Thanks for the call, Ryan. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. Eight 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 nine nine. This is Invest Talk, and I'm Justin. I understand that many investors can experience fear and greed, especially when they're unsure of how much portfolio risk they are taking. And the risk level depends on many factors, including how close you might be to retirement. So my advice is to take our free risk questionnaire at investtalk.com. And what Steve and I do with a lot of lists is take a look at their current portfolio, say, hey, this is how much risk you're taking, this is how much risk you should be taking, here's how you adjust your portfolio, whether that's with one of our solutions or another solution on your own, it's really up to you, and you can do that and figure out what's best for your portfolio and for you. Now our show is almost over, about 50 minutes, give us a call now at 888 this is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial. If, to any degree, you are unsure about the consistency of your skill set with regard to managing your portfolio, now may be a smart time for you to ask KPP principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein for individualized guidance. You can start with a no obligation phone call to the KPP Financial office in Irvine, California. Or send Steve and Justin a message through investtalk.com. And be sure to save the date. On Wednesday, May 1st, Steve Peasley will be returning to San Jose, California to sit down with listeners who understand the value of a no-cost portfolio review. So tell your friends and register to meet with Steve on May 1st. The Invest Talk Radio and Podcast continues now. The phone lines are open. Call with questions, 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. So you get through and ask your question on today's show. Let's see what we're getting to. Okay, let's talk a little bit about the Apple card. And I did sign up to you know get the card when it does come out this summer. But I wanted to give you an overview because many people are either interested in it uh, from an investment standpoint, how is this going to affect Apple, as well as should they get it on their own. Now, the card is being offered in partnership with Goldman Sachs. And this actually is Goldman's first credit card offering, which I think is pretty interesting. Now, many people believe this could be the iPod for the music industry, the iPhone for the cell phone industry and mobile carriers, but also for the financial services industry. Now, Apple Pay so far has not garnered nearly as many users as a lot of people expected when it was launched a few years ago. 32 
million users uh, use Apple Pay on a monthly basis, and that's just the app itself gets 25 million. I know my girlfriend uses that a lot, and PayPal's Venmo has 267 million users. So you can see almost three times, about nine, eight, nine times as many users on Venmo. And I know, yeah, I use Venmo. So I use all of these, uh, I would say. But the big reason why Apple's doing this is to encourage use of you're sent back for purchasing all Apple related products, 2% back when you use Apple Pay for anything and then 1% sent back when you're just using the physical card. Okay, So they're also going to try to integrate features that track spending and adjust card payments to fit each person's financial need, which I think is great. But when it comes to the rewards, it's not nearly as good as some other offerings out there. Now, I, I know the, the rewards credit card space pretty well because I, I have it. Uh, I have the Amex Platinum card and a couple other uh, Costco rewards card, and I've seen what's out there. And this is probably better than average, but it's not the best out there. So if you're looking for the best rewards, this isn't probably uh, for you. But I think if you have an iPhone, it makes a lot of sense. Now, they're probably going to eventually pitch you on loans and things like that and use your spending data for marketing purposes and, and all these other, other uses. But if you're okay with that, then it's, better, it's a better alternative, I think, than just typically using your Apple Pay uh, as is. Uh, so I think it could be really big for Apple. But understand that this is Goldman's first credit card. There could be some issues uh, that need to be ironed out as this is launched. So maybe not get it right away, but I think it would be valuable from a from a reward standpoint if you don't use a lot of rewards credit cards. You want something simple because you're going to get daily cash back, which I think that could be a game changer as well. You buy something, you're going to get that cash back to spend right away. Now, the interest rates you're going to get on that credit card are anywhere from 13 to 24% as of uh, March, uh, as of this month. The national average is 17.67. So it's relatively low, but it's not the lowest APR you're going to get on any credit card out there, that's for sure. So that's kind of a rundown of the new Apple credit card. I believe it's coming out sometime in the summer. I don't think they have an exact date yet, but I think it will be very interesting once it hits market and will be very beneficial for many out there. All right, what are we going to next? I think we're about seven minutes left, eight minutes left in the show. So if you're going to call... You want to do it right now. This is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and this hour seems to be moving fast. But we still have about 10 minutes remaining in the today's program, and you can get your questions in now at 888 chart This is Invest Talk, and we're glad you're with us today for one hour of financial news and perspective. And your decision-making process can benefit from this practical and unbiased advice, especially if you consult with Steve or Justin. Step up now with your questions. Call 888-99-CHART. Let's go to John in Santa Cruz. How you doing, John? 
Good, Justin. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I've owned uh, uh, shares of the Qs for a couple of years now, and I, I was thinking I maybe I should sell. Um, I wondered what your opinion was about that. I know you don't like the tech sector, so if uh, if I was going to sell, should I just sell it all, or just like sell half and then wait? Or <laughs> I mean, that a that's a question, question that is really hard to answer because uh, I don't know your overall portfolio. I mean, is this a five percent of your portfolio, fifty percent of your portfolio? That's maybe two uh, percent. Two percent. Okay, that's not a large percentage. Uh, and no, are you looking to large. increase your risk in this environment or reduce it? Reduce. 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 Okay. Well, then you you probably want to reduce it to some degree. I don't know what your other mix. You know, I I actually in this coming in environment, uh, I I don't hate it as much as I did over the last couple quarters. Um, so I don't see, you know, imminent big downside in, in the queues uh, unless the overall market, you know, has a, a redux of the fourth quarter. And so I see a lot of choppiness going on for uh, much of the next, uh, I think, three to four years. I think this is going to be a very long, drawn-out bear market where you have big dips, you have big rallies, uh, and the relative performance will change from quarter to quarter depending on the GDP and inflation backdrop of what's going on in the economy. So uh, it, from a technical perspective, okay. and if you're looking on the YouTube live stream, you'll see that it's very similar to kind of that the other one uh, I think FINX is one I, I looked up earlier it's tech related and this is very tech related and yeah. I look at this is like the the tech the QQQs are, are technology with the Amazon kicker right is kind of the way I look right. at this and yep. technically it doesn't look horrible but it doesn't look great either it's kind of in the neutral space after this big rally you're into major resistance so if you're looking to lighten up your position this is a good time to be lightening up your position okay thank you very much appreciate it no problem john thanks for the call 888 chart 888-992-4278 so you get through uh, we have two minutes left so if you want to call you can do it now let's talk a little bit about the sell-off in the S&P 500 Managed Care Index. It was about a 10% sell-off from top to bottom starting in when the kind of the overall uh, small cap index started falling in early March. And the reason is, is because some Democrats are starting to get behind a plan to replace private medical benefits with government-run single-payer system. And you have that in conjunction with the Trump administration, who also wants to get rid of the Affordable Care Act. So the big question is, how will this change? How will the industry change because of these factors? And... I think this is going to be a drastic change in the healthcare industry. I think you're going to kind of have a two-pronged approach. You're going to, I think you will eventually. I think it's inevitable. Whether you like it or not, and I'm not going to tell you whether I like it or not, but whether you like it or not, 
there's likely going to be a single payer option to some degree. But I also think that because we're America, it's going to be very hard to have that be our only option for health care in this country. So there will be a private insurance plan that you can have maybe above and beyond the single payer option. Kind of similar to how Medicare is today, right? Medicare is a single payer. And then you can buy supplemental plans on top of it. I see that system applied more broadly. So you still have the private insurers offering you a higher level of service and a higher level of care, but you have some basic level of coverage. And I think that's very bad for the health insurance companies and the drug companies as well because costs you want to be very careful healthcare names in your portfolio. I'm Justin Klein and this completes another Invest Talk program and I thank you for your loyal support and questions. Have a nice evening everybody. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART.